The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. My next guest shot a shot to fame with uh, with the uh, release of his first book, Bravo Two Zero. Since then, the, his list of fiction and and semi non fiction, depending on how you look at it, is as long as your arm. He is. Uh, both a highly decorated former SAS officer, very successful best-selling author, and psychopath. Andy McNabb, good morning. Hi, uh, good morning. There's not many people that you can call a psychopath by their own description and it not be seen as an insult. Yeah, do you know, do you know what? It, yeah, it, it's strange. It was, it was only sort of, well, whenever it was, about eight or nine years ago, where I was asked to take um, part in some experiments at um, at the University of Oxford, um, they were doing some research to see where psychopaths fit in society. You know, whether um, uh, obviously we're all full of, you know, Dexter and Hannibal Lecter and all that sort of stuff. But actually, there's there's, there's a group called uh, functioning psychopaths, and uh, they're where you you would expect them. Really, they're in the you know they're, they're in finance, they're in law, they're in the medical profession, they're in the military. Um, but then certainly doing in politics as well, and whether it, 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 they're a, a good addition, if you like, to society rather than um, uh, like a, you know a bad one. And, and basically, I fell into the, uh, the, the what was called a functioning psychopath. So um, I've got all the good stuff that psychopaths have. It, it's you know very clear sort of black and white thinking, but without the need to go around with a you know with an axe all day. <laughs> I remember reading, I think it was, was it Professor, was it Dutton was the man in, in Oxford? Who, That's the guy, yeah. I interviewed him about his book because he wrote a, a very detailed analysis of Psychopath and one of the things he had was the breakdown of professions most likely to be psychopaths and up at the top were CEOs, journalists were um, significantly high on the list. <laughs> but one of the things that he pointed out was that it, it is not necessarily a negative thing, that if you're in a, in a sort of a job a la the SAS, it's quite handy not to be burdened with constant empathy and guilt. Totally. And, and, and actually sort of decision-making, you know, and I think that, do you know, there was, a, there was a time in the 80s where the UK government was, was, was looking at having a register of functioning psychopaths um, during, certainly if we were looking, we we're going to have a, a nuclear exchange with the, with the Soviet Union. So if they survived, they'd have been the, the people making the decisions. You know, you've got like, I don't know, Donuts enough for forty people, and if there's only twenty, well, who's going to get them? You know, and, and basically, it would be younger people who can be reproduced, and people like psychopaths can can actually make those decisions very, very clearly, very clearly, without being encumbered with any sort of emotion. Well, this leads me to a thing that I've always been curious about with your life: how do you square your current career? with your former career? Because the former one I can understand. I can understand saying, look, what do I want to do? I want to go in in camo in Chinook helicopters into the desert and run huge risks and massive adrenaline. How do you go from that to, I want to be strapped to a computer typing? Well, do you know, it, it's, it's the same sort of mentality, really. Uh, it's, again, because there's, you know, it, it, it's very, very clear. My wife actually says, I just work on a three-hour loop. And basically, you know, whatever's going on within those three hours is the most important thing that that that, that exists, sort of thing. Um, so it, it it was very clear, you know. By the time I'd done eighteen years in the military, I got out because I wanted a um, uh, well, I got offered a, a job with a private military company to go and uh, work in uh, uh, go back to Colombia and work in what was called Plan Colombia, you know, anti narcotics um, operations. Um, the opportunity came up to uh, write the first book, Bravo Two Zero, about the experiences um, during the Gulf War. And it's very clear, I go, yeah, okay, I'll give that a go and see what happens. And then 
Um, uh, uh, and then the next time, you know, the next loop, well, you know, the publisher say, do you want to do another one? They go, okay. You know, even now, um, but it, I don't know, I think it's about 30, 32 million books I've sold in, in total. And I still have a book by book contract because it, it's the most important thing is, is that. And uh, obviously publishers want to make it long, you know, these three to five book contracts, all that sort of stuff. Um, and, and basically I don't see it as that. It, it's just a big sort of punt really. And you go, uh, you know, do you want to do another one? I go, yeah, okay. I love and the then, I love the way you focus on that, and that's it. I love the way you just throw that away. That that number. What is it now? Oh, thirty-two million. Is that what I've sold? So yeah, <laughs> yeah, because it's all mad, isn't it? It's all it, it's all mad. So it, it's um, you know, it wasn't by design. It wasn't by you know, it, it was the, the an opportunity turned up and say, well, you know, obviously you want to write the first book. Okay. So, but, but what right, do you do? That, what do you do to replace the missing adrenaline and physical challenge of your previous life? You know, it's exactly the the, the, the the same thing. Whatever I'm doing, you know, whether it's writing a book, I get, you know, I, I get offered to do, um, uh, you know, go on, you know, uh, uh, things like I've, you know, I've ski to the North Pole, ski to the South Pole, you know, sort of you know, climb, climb sort of mountains in 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 Iceland, all those those, those sort of things. But it's not as if I'm sort of looking to go and do it, what happens is people go, uh, do you want to do this? And you go, exactly the same as the books and everything else. I go, yeah, okay. Because it, it seems mad not to take up the opportunity that you're given. It seems sort of wrong to do that. You know, so if there's an opportunity there, well, just do it. Um, and it, it's exactly the same as what I did in the, in the, in the military was, you know, um, you know, in the in special air service, they're not called missions and all that that sort of stuff. That's all sort of TV work. And they're just called jobs. And they go, uh, oh, jobs. You know, there's this job. I go, yeah, I'll do that. Um, and and then go and do it. So it's not as if there's this constant sort of rush, you know, or wanting certain journey rush because you you know you'd be knackered after the first couple of years and then you'd be out of it. And and some people, you know, suffer um, afterwards. It's basically said, yeah, I'll do that, and then just get on with it. Once it's done, it's done, and then you move on to the next thing. Yeah, but in between saying, yes, I will do the job, and once it's done, it's done, there's the bit in the middle where people shoot at you. Surely that's... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, is that not stressful and filled with adrenaline? Um, you, know, you know what? One, one of the... the, 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 the a real an advantage of, of, you know, being very high on the, um, on the, uh, the, the, the spectrum of psychopathy is is that um, there's a thing called an amygdala, which is a, a small walnut-sized bit of the, bit of the brain, which gives you fight or flight um, uh, responses. You know, it goes back to sort of you know sort of caveman days, really. You know, where you're gonna you know beat up the brontosaurus, or you're gonna run sort of thing. And um, uh, uh, one of the sort of universal things with with, with psychopaths is that uh, that thing doesn't work. The, the fight or flight. So it's not as if it's, you know, like in the films where it's, you know, you're very blasé about it. Of course not, because you don't want to want to get shot. But actually what happens is, is that it, the, if you like, the, the, the fear factor doesn't um, register um, uh, uh, as it would do with sort of, um, you know, sort of normal functioning people with, a, with, a, with an amygdala that works. So what happens is, you know, it's not turned into a game and it's not in that flippant way. But you don't see those problems um, in the way that, oh, I might die. Uh, because it, it's, and again, this is not a flippant, I mean, I really don't care. 
you know, it's great that I'm alive. But actually, I know I'm going to die at some stage. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's fine. It's absolutely fine. So, you know, and I make a choice to do it. So I'm in it. Get on with it. Get it done as quickly as possible and move on. One of the challenges that you have, I think pretty much uniquely as an author, is you have to make the books as realistic as is possible, but you can't cross the line into revelations around things that are either secret or around things that reveal particular tactics or anything else that might be problematic. Do you still have to run everything past the Ministry of Defence? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in fact, the, the, the you know, sort of the, 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 the new sort of um, uh, the new narrative nonfiction that I do go through uh, the, the, you know, the UK's uh, Ministry of Defence. Basically, they're, they're, what they're looking for is things to do with national security. What will affect national security? And, uh, and they'll go, well, you know, can we get that term out or get that um, uh, name or, you know, system out? And they go, yeah, you can change it um, uh, and, and sort of all move the narrative around. So it, 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 it's not there, um, which is fine, which I've, you know, I've done with, with all the books. But it's what it could, because it, it's, it's what you're trying to do is tell a story so one of the the the, the things um, that that I'm sort of you know I find easy to do is is, is the more sort of nitty gritty stuff. So you can talk about the big you know the bigger picture and all that, but then narrow it down to what's going on 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 the ground. And because I know what sort of you know I don't know, like weapons might feel like after they've been fired or what they smell like and the oil and you know all those sort of details. Um, uh, trying to get it into the narrative to make it more realistic. Which, of course, is what you've done in The Rescue, that the latest book, it's a, it's a better rescue mission into Afghanistan. The rescue mission, of course, is fictional, but all of the various components of how it is done and the things that occur are, are rooted in reality. Can I ask you then, Andy, when you're looking back at the kind of things that you would be involved in and you, when you're, you're sort of farming them for fiction purposes... Does, do you do you get a different lens? Do you get a more reflective view of what you're involved in? I think particularly about your time in um, South Armagh, where you were with the British Army in Northern Ireland for a number of years. Do you look back at that now and think, what was the point of all of that? Yeah, oh, constantly. It, it's um, uh, whether it's it, you know, sort of looking at the you know the, the, the troubles in Northern Ireland, or or even some of the, the stuff you know that was involved with uh, within the. Special Air Service, really. You know, in particular, I went to um, uh, Colombia on what was called the first strike operation to try and stop uh, crack cocaine coming into the uh, coming into the, the the UK. And you look at that, and uh, a lot sort of, you know, the way I looked at it was was, um, uh, you know, what does it matter? You know, if, if people in the UK, you know, taking drugs, what do I care? You know, it's uh, you know, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't take drugs, I don't, you know, so what do I care? But actually, getting there and, and looking at the situation. Um, where, you know, like you've got kids getting shot um, uh, on purpose, not as if they get caught in crossfire. So, you know, people are, you know, killing kids are all in, you know, kids are in the street dead, you know, in the mornings and all. And you're looking at the, the, the way that that drugs war starts from all the way from places like Colombia and all comes on, the, you know, and the, and the story of that drug coming onto to the streets of the, in the UK. And you sort of change the, the attitude. And, and and even you know looking at as a young guy like in in um, South Armagh, so I went you know when I, when I was eighteen, that was the first tour I done in in, in Cross McGlynn. and of course you know it, it, we're the good guys, everyone else is the bad guys, and, and and you look at it very very black and white. 
um, uh, because you're 18 and you're, you know, you're out there and you're, you know, you're, you're doing your stuff. And as I got getting older within the time in the military and, um, you know, done some uh, more um, uh, uh, tours in my infantry battalion and then again went back to South Armour again and, you know, and moved on. And then moved into um, the Special Air Service. And that's when you start to, 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 to learn, and getting older as well, you start to learn and understand um, that it isn't black and white. It's very, very grey and very, very green. Well, can I go to the heart of one of those, that, that grey area? You, in, in previous interviews, have talked about killing a man who was a, an IRA yeah. member in, uh, volunteers, they would describe it, in, in Katy in, in South Armagh. Yeah. As you now look back, do you look at that and think, was that justified? Do you do you do you look at it differently now than you would have then, or do you just simply say that was the job? Yeah, no, I look at it differently in the way that I realised basically, it was, you know, I think it was about six months older than me. I was nineteen, so a bunch of kids. He's, you know, it's it, it, again very black and white. So, like his his narrative was was like you know a volunteer is you know kicking the, the the Brits out of Northern Ireland, doing all the. You know, all that, that, that sort of very clear sort of thinking about what he was doing. I was exactly the same. And we both get thrown into a situation where um, someone's going to die. And what they're trying to do is make sure they're not the ones who, who are dying, um, you know, getting killed. So, and so, you know, because we're at the, if you like, we're at the bottom of the, of, of the you know, of, of the pecking order sort of thing. So we're down on the ground doing it. And then sort of moving on. It really is, you know. It, it, it's certainly when I I done a tour with the, the Special Air Service in Northern Ireland, and then I went back with uh, for a two year tour with um, uh, 14 Intelligence Group up in, up in Derry. And what, what part of that is learning about the other side? Is learning about the enemy? Is learning about you know their motivation, why they're doing it? And when I was in the debt, I could totally understand. If you know, if I was if I was a kid living in in uh, the bogside in Derry. Totally understand why I would, I would join Pyra. Why wouldn't you? You know what I mean? So it's just trying to understand it. Um, you know, it, not necessarily saying you, you, you're agreeing with it, but if you understand it, um, it, it makes the job a, a, a lot better and a, and a, and a lot easier. Um, so, yeah, totally understand the motivation, certainly of, of, you know, people joining, you know, whether it was a provisional IRA or in there, all those, those, those different organisations during that time. Um, so all of a sudden, they're, you know, they're, they're in that gang, I'm in this gang, and um, uh, the war still goes on. You are, of course, and, and now... So it's not as if you hate them or you dislike you, you understand them. You are now, of course, a dad. Your your daughter, Kate, is, is what age? Oh, God, she's, uh, early first now. No, she's not, is she? Yeah, I know. Nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> so you were relatively young then when you had her, were you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was in the uh, in twenties. Yeah, 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 yeah. And how did you live that life while being a father at the same time? Because surely, ah, that... well, that that was the that the, the problem. Um, because I thought again that you know that like you know the, I, I don't know there was jobs coming up. That, well, for instance, going to fourteen in that you know wait for virtually two years in my head. I'm thinking, oh well, that's all right. You know, because I'm you know I'm going away doing the job and all that. And uh, 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 my wife at the time went, well, no, it's not. You know, so it, it was trying to get that. It certainly is a, a younger, like, very selfish in wanting both worlds. You want all the, the, the stuff of, you know, being in special forces, all that sort of stuff, which entails going away, you know, seven, eight, nine months a year. Um, and also, you know, want, you know, to be married, you've got your house, got your car, and, you know, all that 
that that sort of stuff. And like most professions, you know, it happens within the you know police service, fire service, in any of those those sort of professions. Um, uh, it's very clear you've got to sort of you know balance it correctly, which I didn't do because in my head I thought it was great go away for you know a couple of years, great save money, you know normal things, you know mortgages, all that sort of stuff. It'd be great, and I forgot about the emotional bit of it. Where you know on the other side, certainly, while well, I stand, well, you know, this is no good, is it? This isn't sort of being married because you're you're away for two years, you'll come back for three months, then you'll be going away for another nine months. And what do you tell your wife? What do you tell Kate about your job when you're doing your job? Because almost anybody else can come home and say, "God, I had a, a nightmare today trying to square the trial balance on the accounts." You can't exactly come back and say, "I shot somebody." No, it, it, it is quite interesting. It's not as if it's, you know, 100% sort of, you know, secretive because, you know, you, you might be on the, I don't know, the counter-terrorism team that's based constantly in Hereford. So, you you know, you, 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 you're sort of, you know, you, it's very clear what's going on. Um, but uh, sometimes, you know, for instance, the, the, uh, the first strike um, uh, uh, operations in, in Colombia, you know, everybody was forced to secrecy. We couldn't, you know, sort of, tell anybody where we were going. Um, but what, what happens over a period of time, certainly if they're long sort of jobs like that, um, you know, something that pop up on the news and, and, and it, you know, and people can, if you like, join the dots. Um, so, it, yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's an interesting sort of dilemma because sometimes you can't tell them. Sometimes you don't want to tell them. Um, and certainly, you know, my daughter, no way, oh, well, you know, he's in the army. You know, she doesn't know what, what's going on. She hasn't got a clue. Clearly, she knows now. But um, it, 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 it's a bit of a dilemma. It, and also what it, it, it does, it, it sort of, it can affect, and it does affect many, many marriages. And everybody I know now who was married in, in, uh, uh, within my sort of peer group, um, there were two people that, that had stable marriages. And I learned about six months ago, uh, there's another divorce. So uh, there's only one guy out of the whole sort of, you know, you know, hundred or so people that I know who's, who's still married, who's still got a successful marriage. It's a high price to pay. Andy, it has been a great pleasure to talk to you. The new book is called The Rescue and it's based in Afghanistan and it tells uh, as as much of the true story as the Ministry of Defence will allow of a hostage rescue mission in uh, that country. Andy McNabb, thanks again. Thank you. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday morning at nine on News Talk.